2: Nine nine five gold. That's eight three three nine nine five gold eight three
3: three nine nine five G O L D. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Just
2: go to puretalk.com slash Clay and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, puretalk.com slash Clay to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast.
3: Welcome in everybody. Tuesday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show starts right now. And my oh my, more big news today. This one anticipated at least. Unlike yesterday, where the the shock of of Tucker Gate and uh, and the changes over at Fox News was ripping through the whole media ecosystem, and certainly here on the show, where Clay and I are both uh, personally and professionally. Fans of, of Tuckers. Um, today, the news, though, is, uh, well, there's more of the aftermath of the firing yesterday. But Joe Biden, looking back at the center of the political fight here, Joe Biden has officially declared that he will, in fact, be running for president in the next election cycle. For anyone, any of you who doubted me on this one, I told you the ruthless Absolutely unprincipled and reckless Democrats don't care how absurd this is. Don't care what this looks like. Have no, uh, no feelings of, of remorse. No feelings of, uh, of shame about any of this. They're going to put this guy forward. Here we're not going to, I'm going to jump in because we don't have to listen to this whole thing, but here is Joe Biden Clay releasing his reelection campaign video. And it tells us where this is heading, I think. Play one.
2: Personal freedom is fundamental
3: to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred.
2: That's been the work of my first term, to fight for our democracy. But, you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms, cutting Social Security
0: that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy, dictating what health care decisions women can make, banning books and telling people who they can love. All I'm making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. That's why I'm running
2: for re-election. Every generation of Americans has faced a moment when they have to defend democracy. Stand up for our personal freedom. Stand up for the right to vote and our civil rights. And this is our moment.
3: Okay, Clay, just just a couple things here. First thoughts for me, and then I want to hear your 30,000-foot your view of this. It's the Biden barrage of bromides, which we all knew was going to happen. The most boilerplate, you know, democracy. It's about who you love. It's about who you love? or like, what? What is he even talking about? It's just craziness. But it's going to be a combination with Joe Biden of, you know, defensive democracy, you know, very, you know, you're going to see in these videos, fields of grain, American Eagle images, you know, fading in and out of the background. All of a sudden, the Democrats are going to pretend to like America again. And Joe Biden is going to pretend that the middle of the country is something that he agrees with instead of actually despises and undermines at every point. You're running against a different campaign than the presidency of Joe Biden. That's what I see. Biden is the Trojan horse
2: candidate. They found an old white guy who seems unthreatening and, frankly, a little bit doddering. But what stands out to me when I just listen to the audio, and I would encourage, it's important for you out there to go listen and watch Joe Biden's announcement. And even if you're rolling your eyes and even if you're like, oh, please, you need to understand, strip away your own personal opinions and just watch it and try to understand the story that Joe Biden is telling. And the story that Joe Biden is telling, Buck, even as you hear him talk, he even slurs a little bit in his campaign announcement, which is taped, And he probably got to do a hundred times until they got the tone just right. The message that he is sending is that he is a moderate, steady, normal voice for America. And this is my biggest concern. I think we are barreling towards a Trump-Biden rematch full speed, right? You should, if you're out there listening to us right now, be expecting today that you are going to see a complete rematch of 2020. And, Buck, what I can't stop thinking about, okay, what I can't stop thinking about is how many people are willing to change their minds. Because we talked last night at our event here. We're down in Naples, Fort Myers. To me, one of the scariest things that's going on in the country right now is most people make up their mind on an issue, and whatever the facts are, that continue to come out, COVID was a perfect example on this, they stay dead steadfast committed to whatever they believed. If you thought masks were necessary on kids, it doesn't matter that that's now been proven untrue. You're still able to advocate for that. Joe Biden hasn't apologized, Buck, for demanding that 84 million Americans get the COVID shot, which has now been pulled off the market, the original first two shots, through OSHA regulations that were struck down by the Supreme Court. Joe Biden hasn't apologized for getting all of that wrong because it's more important that he was on that side when he was. And so who's going to change their mind? Right? Like how many people? This is the essence of the 2024 campaign. How many people are willing to change their mind? And the second part of this is. How many fewer people might be willing to vote in a rematch of Trump Biden? Let's just accept the numbers that are out there, Buck. Let's say that Trump got seventy-five million votes. Okay, let's say that Biden got eighty-one million votes. And I know all of you out there can say, "Oh, but you know," let's. But I'm not. I'm not arguing <laughs> the, the, about those are the numbers we've got. Those there. are the numbers we're. We, like, you could be like, "Hey, the scoreboard got the thing wrong," but that's a hundred. If I'm doing the math right, Buck, hundred and fifty-six million people. Voted in 2020, the election, as I have said for a long time on this program, 20,000 people changed their vote in Arizona, in Wisconsin, and Georgia, and this outcome is different. Trump wins. But what do you think? How many of those 156 million people? Let's presume everybody who voted in 2020 goes out and votes again. How many of them are actually willing so to
3: change the way they voted? The the dem I think the the percentage is. Less than 1%. It is minute. And that's why it's, it's a remarkable thing. You're going to see two massive warring messaging machines. Billions here between, of dollars. Spent. Literally billions of dollars that will be spent on this. And it's all to shift. Let's call it less than a hundred thousand votes, most likely in less than six states <laughs> it's crazy that's, to think about. that's what is overwhelming now again i always say this and i think uh history will prove this right no one can predict the future we leave uh open the possibility here of what in uh in analysis of the cia you would have called the uh, uh fat tail events or a black you know this is analysis in general people do yep. this to companies and stuff but fat tail or black swan events meaning low low probability high impact clay and i were talking about this over coffee this morning which, when you have two candidates who are basically both 80-ish, yep. is another real possibility here. Just are they able to to go the whole distance here? Okay, fine. Putting that aside for a second, though, here is the Joe Biden that the Republicans are going to be running against to try to get less than 1% of the vote to switch over. Um, maybe we get a sweeping, you know, oh, it's going to be amazing. We have a candidate, Trump or, or whomever, um, who's going to be able to do something magical. Keep in mind... Trump didn't win in 2016 by 5 million votes Correct. or something. So Correct. we're just, let's let's all keep it real here, stay within reality. Trump can win again, but Trump isn't going to win by 5 million votes. He's going to probably win by, call it in the hundreds of thousands of or votes. 50, or 50,000. It's and, going who, to come whoever, down to a tiny number. Whoever comes in to be the, a, a Republican in this or following elections is going to be fighting over a likely, a similar slice of the pie. That's just... If anyone has any numbers that prove anything else, please share them with us. I'd love to see that. Okay, so then, how are you, who are you running against with Joe Biden? First of all, they're not even. This is funny. See this Uh they're not even excited about this because they know that. Oh God, it's going to be Joe Biden again. Play uh, here's CBS. Play twenty-seven guys.
1: Ahead of the re-election announcement, a CBS News poll found Democrats accept Biden's re-election bid but aren't necessarily excited about it. And still, nearly half of Democrats don't want the 80-year-old to run, and they cite his age as the reason.
3: Now, here's the thing. That's a, that's a, a statistic that we can all cite, Clay, that shows that what we're saying is true, which is that people realize this guy, a lot of people, even Democrats, that he's not up for this. He's He's kind of a joke and a clown. I would, I would argue that 99% of the people who think he should or don't want him to run who are Democrats will vote for him again. Maybe 99.7%. I mean, a tiny, tiny, they don't care. They're going to vote for him again. So then we get to the independent side of it. Why is he framing this as democracy? It's going to be about this 2024 election for the Democrats, stability, normalcy, defense of democracy all of which are phrases what does that even mean yeah well, what what is that going to do for anybody it doesn't matter the democrats are locked in they would they would vote for you know the, the the lizard king at this point from outer space they don't care as long as it's a democrat for that middle slice though we saw what they did in 2022 they're going to run on like i said these bromides these sweeping pablum pacification issues of oh it's about democracy and the sanctity of institutions because people who don't really pay that much attention to politics say, well, I don't want to vote against democracy. I think that's great. You know, that's what they're going to do. The Joe Biden, the radical that pushes for transgender surgery for 12-year-olds from the White House, which he does, by the way, that is not what he's running as.
2: People didn't vote for Joe Biden in 2020, and they're not going to vote for Joe Biden in 2024. They voted against Trump. And, and this is important. I mean, Joe Biden can't draw a full arena of supporters. There's nobody out there who's like an ardent supporter of Joe Biden, which is why I look at the numbers from 2020. And I say maybe the best thing that could happen is not people changing their minds, but many of the people who bought into Trump is Hitler and the terrifying nature of COVID because you talk about Mm. low probability, big impact event. That was COVID, right? If we had been having this conversation in April of 2019, we would have said, hey, Donald Trump's in really good shape. In January of 2020, we would have said Trump is in really good shape for re-election. And then COVID hit in February and March of 20, and Democrats used COVID as a cudgel to slam Donald Trump again and again. And they picked, to their credit, they picked this blandly, inoffensive, frankly, buffoonish he, he, president. He is
3: Captain Milk Toast. I mean, he is the most bland choice
2: they could have made with the idea being we can get people to vote against Trump. So my question, and I, it's a, it's a good one for everybody else out there to think about is let's not focus on the 75 million Trump voters. Cause I think most Trump voters, Buck, will show up again. I, I really do feel that way because certainly nothing well, that if you voted for Trump in 20, nothing Joe Biden has done where you're like, Oh, I'm going mean, to flip look, and now support Biden.
3: Trump. Trump ends up the nominee against Biden. We'll claw, we'll crawl over broken glass to help Trump beat Biden the next time around. I mean, I think. Everybody who voted for Trump in the past is likely to come out for him again, especially given the alternative of Joe Biden. But it, it does come down to, you know, we we can sit here all day and talk about, can we win Texas by, you know, yeah. by six points or seven points or whatever? We're going to win Texas, okay? How do we win Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Georgia? Yeah. That's basically... And could
2: you flip Nevada back into play, right? I mean, there's, yeah. there's basically 44 states are
3: effectively set in one camp or the other. I mean, the, by the way, the other the other incident or black swan, I should, it's not even a black swan, by the way, I should say, but the other factor, contingent factor for all this is, I mean, I still think at some point this year, it'll be obvious to everybody, no matter what anyone says, that we're in a real recession. Recession. Yeah. I hope that's wrong. It'd be great if it's wrong. We bounce back, everything. I don't think anyone really believes that's going to happen. Um, that will make things tougher for them, because they were able to somehow blame inflation or, on really COVID and Trump and the predecessor, that didn't have the bite at the ballot box that we were hoping in 2022, but a recession in year four under Biden, that might, that might hit pretty hard.
2: Yeah. And I would just want all of you out there to be thinking about that 81 million number. Cause a part of me is just maybe you can't get that many people to switch, but how many people will just not show up because the omnipresent peril of COVID is gone. And Biden hasn't delivered on his chief promise, Buck, which was, I'm going to make America normal again. I will make things feel like they did back in the 80s and 90s. That's kind of the appeal of Biden. It didn't happen. Look, uh, that's partly because we've got a White House that's filled with almost no one with actual testosterone. They think masculinity is toxic. They think men are actually the problems for everything that's going on in this world. And you know what? We've had a 50% testosterone decline in this country since the 1970s. That's not good. You need testosterone in your body. And if you're out there right now and you're thinking, man, I'd like to have a little bit more vim, vigor, vitality, a lot more energy, get hooked up with our buddies at Chalk, C-H-O-Q. They have a male vitality stack that will help to naturally return your testosterone levels. In fact, you take this pill for three months, all natural, You can increase your testosterone levels by 20%. You'll feel fantastic, rejuvenated, energy-filled. Here's how you get hooked up. Go check it out online. Just go look at it right now. CHOQ.com. Let me tell you one more time. CHOQ.com. Don't be like the Biden White House, a testosterone-deficient group of losers. How about giving yourself the best vitality you can? Put yourself back on... The path to pure masculinity, all natural. CHOQ.com. You can use my name, Clay, C L A Y, to get 35% off any subscription for life. That's an incredible deal. Again, go to CHOQ.com. Use my name, C L A Y, 35% off for life. Check it out today. From the front lines of
0: freedom and truth. Go to lifelock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at lifelock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Why are
3: people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already
2: forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts?
3: You can look to precious metals for various reasons, That's T, the number two, T.org.
2: Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we are rolling through a Tuesday edition of the program. Talked a lot in the first hour about Joe Biden and the fact that he is now officially the candidate in 2024, the DNC not allowing any debates to take place. How do we think Biden will stack up? What do we think he'll be running on? What lies will he be spreading widely as a part of the normalcy narrative that they will adopt as they prepare to run against Donald Trump? But yesterday, as you guys all well know, right as we were coming into the studio, chaos broke out with Tucker Carlson being fired and also and, – and I say fired because it does seem like that was basically a Fox News decision – and certainly Don Lemon himself announcing that he was fired – So the reaction has poured in on the left. And if you will recall, over the weekend, AOC said that because of the things that Tucker says on the air, he didn't deserve to remain on the air. And so she said that on Sunday, boom, he gets fired on Monday. Many of you pointed out that uh, coincidence, which I do believe it was a coincidence. I don't think AOC had anything suddenly powerful over Fox to make that end up happening. But... Didn't stop AOC yesterday from gloating over Tucker Carlson being out at Fox News, and I do think it's important to understand the left-wing mindset. They believe, they firmly 100 billion percent believe in the idea of deplatforming. That is, if you are spreading ideas that they do not like, they want to cancel you, They want to keep you from being able to reach your audience and influence them. This is something that Buck and I have to deal with on a regular basis. There are people after us all the time. But listen to this. This is AOC gloating.
1: Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. What I will say, though, is while I'm very glad that the person that is arguably responsible for driving some of the most amounts of death threats and violent threats, not just to my office, but to plenty of people across the country. I also kind of feel like I'm like waiting for the cut scene at the end of a Marvel movie after all the credits have rolled. And then you see like the villains like hand reemerge out to grip over like the end of a building or something but deplatforming works and it is important and um there you go good things can happen
3: you know clay i think it's important that everyone understands that their their idea isn't to deplatform the worst offenders they may tell themselves that whatever they think of as worst offenders the idea is to deplatform any opposition whatsoever and in fact they want to deplatform those who are effective the most, not those who transgress the most. So it's anybody who is a threat to their power. That is the individual. That is the, uh, the show that is at the absolute top of the list. And I think it's fascinating to watch the, the glee from obviously AOC. I mean, I put her in the Olbermann category. If somebody thinks that AOC is not stupid, I think that person is stupid. Um, same thing I feel about Keith Olbermann, which I have for a long time. But she's she's very powerful because she understands social media and she has the right packaging for this moment for the Democrat Party, for the Democrat left. And they're telling people exactly what the plan is here, which is to shut down anybody who is effective at giving an opposing point of view. Half the country, Clay, is not allowed to have media. Half the country needs to just shut up and and have you know, Disney make movies about how their kids need to be transgender and the Democrat Party can just spew whatever nonsense it wants, ignore facts, uh, ignore the Constitution, ignore our history, undermine America. If you have a problem with that, you don't deserve to be able to say anything. And that's how she really feels. You know, this should be fascinating, right? Okay, AOC, Tucker Carlson needs to be deplatformed. Who on the right doesn't need to be deplatformed? Ask her that question. Someone should push to her. Who is okay? Give me a Republican or a conservative or however you want to. Somebody on the right who has a substantial voice, a substantial influence, who she doesn't think should be deplatformed. I mean, you and I don't sit here saying all day long, oh, everybody on the left who doesn't agree with us, you know, they should be fired from their jobs. And that's actually what they believe on the left. They think that we should all be fired from our jobs. Tucker is just the latest scalp.
2: And that's what's so disappointing to me about this result in general. One thing that Trump says that I think is 100 percent true is the reason why Trump is the target he is is because he's in the vanguard. He's in the front. He is a target. They really are coming for all of us with, I would say, functional brains trying to live life in a uh, in, in a pro America fashion. And Tucker was the most attacked person in right leaning conservative media by far. Rush Limbaugh has been that for substantial portions of his career in the past. I think that Tucker, and we could get into this a little bit. Uh, from a pure business perspective, is not going to be silenced. But in the short term, there is a great deal of gloating, and they will move on to the next target. And this is what I always say about the progressive movement, Buck, and you well know this, but I think your point's a good one. First of all, it would be the worst advertising imaginable. Can you imagine if AOC came out? What if out of nowhere she was like, you know, I, I really like Clay and Buck. I think they do incredible work. We'd be like, No! <laughs> Like, we're done for. Uh, So if you are in uh, right-leaning media in any way, and AOC came out and said, hey, I think you do really good work. I think this person, she'd probably cite somebody at the Lincoln Project, right, which isn't really conservative media anymore, to the extent that she could even name one. I think she probably could name one. But if she's like, oh, I think Clay Travis and Buck Sexton are great. I listen to them every day. We'd be like, oh, my goodness. Uh, We are are in trouble. Also, uh, bigger audience than we anticipated. But I do think... Their goal is to take out everyone. And so when they're talking about deplatforming, make no mistake, this is cancel culture, and it is still ascendant and powerful. And I always think it's important because a lot of people don't understand cancel culture. Disagreeing with someone and trying to beat them in the marketplace of ideas is not cancel culture. I disagree with your idea, and here's why is actually the fulfillment of the entire marketplace of ideas. I disagree with your idea, and you don't deserve to be able to make a living sharing your ideas is cancel culture. And I think what Tucker is going to find, Buck, is if he creates his own media company, which I think is probably the trajectory that he's going to be on, it actually gives you way more freedom. And I'll just speak to this. When I ran OutKick, I was not at all afraid of saying exactly what I think at OutKick because I knew that I owned my own business and nobody else could fire me. In fact, we used to have a running joke where people would demand that OutKick fire Clay Travis because they didn't understand that I was not an employee. Because most people think about life as employees because most of us are employees. You were telling them to
3: call the manager. I said not realizing that you were in fact the manager.
2: I would regularly say, oh, man, when when OutKicks management finds out what Clay Travis said now, there is going to be hell to pay, and they didn't understand it. We would have fun uh, with that on social media. But really the power of controlling your future comes down to owning your media freedom because otherwise there's always someone out there who can try to go to a boss and get you fired. And what did we do last night? We had an amazing time, by the way. I want to thank our audience, ninety two five. Uh, down in Fort Myers and Naples. We had hundreds of people who came out last night uh, to see us. And at one point, Buck, I, I asked a question I always love to ask uh, of any audience I speak to. How many of you out there in this audience have had something that you want to say publicly and you've decided not to post it? Every hand went up in the entire crowd. And, Buck, I think one reason people respond to this show so well and certainly respond to Tucker in the degree to which they do is is because tucker says what they wish they could say right and i hear all the time i've never done media we've talked about this i've never done a job before where people come up to me and say thank you for doing it that's the number one thing that i hear when i'm out about people just come up and say like we were eating breakfast this morning guy comes up and he's just like hey thank you guys for doing what you do do you ever
3: get thanked for having a job before no, I mean, when I was in the CIA, nobody knew. So, well, there was that's no, a good point. There's there yeah. was nobody was like, "Thank you for trying to find Bin Laden," because <laughs> that would have been bad for uh, bad for for business for me for everybody to know. No, it was amazing last night seeing all the people come out, and and I, I also think, um, you know, when when we make a a promise on air here to any one of our affiliates and therefore the audience that is the heart and soul of that affiliate that we're going to come out there and do something, you know, we do it, and we yeah. follow through on it. It's the second time in Fort Myers, obviously in, uh, what now, 18 months or so, or no, but just about a year, right? You were there just about a year ago and we're going to continue to do this because we want to see and speak to the people who are the reason we're able to continue to do this job. Um, and I think it's, this is a moment of, of, uh, of solidarity, I think with, with Tucker, uh, because everybody on the right realizes that the plan is not to have more reasonable conservative voices. The plan is not to have more factual conservative voices. AOC and the Pelosi, Schumer, Biden Democrats want a uniparty. Or, I'm sorry, a monoparty, really. They want a single-party state, and they want that first and foremost to be reflected in media and culture. Because once you have that, then everything else actually just falls into place for them. So they're trying to find every way possible. I mean, look, we've had a few – there's some good news here, right? There are a few beachheads. One, talk radio, thanks to audiences like the one that we saw last night and all over the country that listens to this show, continues to be a a fortress of sanity amidst all the craziness. Um There's Elon, what Elon has done at Twitter. I'm actually now very bullish. I can't actually invest in the stock as private, yeah. but I'm very bullish on Twitter with Elon in charge. I think that he took over a complete, it, you know, if you think about it, like, imagine if, if somebody who was a brilliant conservative media person took over, like, the Huffington Post, just like a left-wing trash heap. Think about how long it would take. I mean, you've run businesses, right? To turn that around is not going to be an easy or quick thing. Yeah. Twitter, when you add the technical issues on top of the political and managerial uh, issues, I think, but but anyway, Elon is doing really important stuff. I mean, I don't even. It's funny. I just thought this the other day. I don't even think about Facebook and Instagram. Instagram is for like taking a cute photo of a dog and putting it up now. Because I can't. I know that they're not letting me get any reach. I know that. Um, and and you know, a lot of these other platforms now, conservatives don't even think about. But you know, Rumble's thriving and doing well. You saw Rumble stock. Rumble stock went, went, up, went up pretty up, went substantially up yesterday. Um, you know what? What? So that's good. There's good news in in the background of this current media discussion. It's obviously going to affect 2024 a lot, how all this comes together. They want to have total control over the pieces on the chessboard. But Clay, the, the one, you know, the one that I don't have an answer for, I don't know, um, is what this really means for Fox News. I, I don't know what this means for Fox News. I, I am confident that, um, there will be people based on what we've seen so far who view this as a transgression of their loyalty and the brand of the network, and they will stop watching.
2: I don't know how many, though. You think it's the toughest to replace in Fox News
3: history? Well, you know, here's the thing. Bill O'Reilly was there for over 20 years. And everyone said, oh, my gosh, Bill O'Reilly was the king of cable news. But I don't think people blamed Fox for Bill O'Reilly being gone. No one was blaming Fox. There are other situations, other circumstances, I think, there. And, you know, Bill has spoken to what happened to him there. And I'm not casting aspersions, passing judgment. or I'm just saying it wasn't. Oh my gosh! How could Fox under the circumstances? That wasn't the outcry from right. the audience. That's all. That's just the obvious reality there. Plus, Bill had, had twenty years. Yeah. I mean, I was watching Bill tear apart commies, and it was super amusing when I was in high school. Right. Right. I mean, you think of it. So Bill, by the time you know he finally made, he had twenty years there and had a huge impact on it. Tucker was. I mean, in this role, I knew he's a five, He he had been in this job for six, six years. years. Yeah. So it feels also, it, it, the the reasoning behind it, which we don't even know yet, is upsetting to the audience, and also the sense that he was in act one of a three-act play here.
2: Let me ask you this question as we go to break. We'll discuss it a bit more when we come back. We also have the idiots on The View reacting to oh, Tucker, which it. will be good the to view. play. We missed them when they were on vacation. You mentioned Elon. Is there an Elon play to try to bring Tucker exclusively to Twitter if you're trying to make Twitter the one-stop shop for everything. Mentioned Rumble. Stock was up. Is there an Elon play plus the ladies on The View reacting as the imbeciles, of course, that they are? We'll discuss all that more as we continue to roll on Clay and Buck.
3: Going to be getting into it, my friends. A lot going on. You know, my fellow gun owners out there, i got to ask you, if you want to just sharpen your skills, if you want to be able to train not just at the range but also at home safely, the Mantis X system. That's what you need. This is a great training system that allows you to train at home between range visits. It's called the Dry Fire Practice System. And that's what Mantis X is, a firearms training system that is a no-ammo, all-electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. It attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. Then you connect it to the Mantis X app on your smartphone. The Mantis X gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique and guides you through drills and courses. It's so easy to use and really a lot of fun. It's effective too. Nearly every user sees an improvement in their aim within just 20 minutes of using the Mantis X. This is a product now being used by U.S. military and special forces. It's military grade technology at an affordable price. The Mantis X is a must have for every gun owner. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's M A N T I S X.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth welcome back in everybody third hour of the clay and buck show as we come to you from uh fort myers florida down here together after our event last night uh, the big news today is the uh, official announcement as we spoke to you about in the first hour of joe biden running once again kamala harris will be his oh so formidable Vice President, um, once again. So on that ticket, you'll have a Biden-Harris uh, duo, and we're going to continue to look at this. Interestingly enough, this is this is this is funny. Um, Biden back in 1972, which first of all, the fact that Biden had campaign radio ads in 1972 <laughs> gives you a sense. I mean, start th- think think yeah. back to this one. I mean, Biden has been running longer than I've been alive. And, uh, you know, Clay, what was it like in your 20s when Biden ran this ad? I so, know, I know. So he- here it is. Here's Biden running this radio ad saying that his opponent was too old. Play three. In Cale Boggs' day when Stalin ruled, Americans had visions of Russian soldiers in our streets. In Joe Biden's day, Americans have visions of American criminals in our streets. Joe Biden, he understands what's happening today. Joe Biden, man of the times. That sounds In like 1972, Clay. Can we just take a moment here? He was like the guy for the moment 50 years
2: ago. I mean, that's maybe the best moment, but they're probably not his second best moment. Eric Swalwell's campaign, if you remember when they had them on the debate stage, tried to talk about the fact that Joe Biden was too old and it was ready. America was for a new generation of leadership. And he's right. But. Joe Biden has announced that video. I'm, I'm assuming a lot of you have have seen it. We played it in the first hour, cuts from the Joe Biden official announcement. 6 a.m. Eastern, this thing went up on the four-year anniversary of Joe Biden entering the race in 2020, uh, which is some sort of uh, symmetry that Joe Biden evidently liked. Buck, what I thought was interesting was Axios reported that Joe Biden would probably not have run if he thought Kamala Harris could beat Donald Trump, oh, of course. Do you of think course. that's true, or do you think once you become president, who's the only so, person to be like? I have I have
3: a proviso. I have a proviso on this one, or, or, or a that what they what they're reporting is almost true. Meaning, if the machine around Joe Biden believed that Kamala Harris could beat Donald Trump. They would pressure Biden to step down and people say, Oh, how could they pressure him? He's the president. Biden's whole MO for the last decade or so has been enriching his family, his family name, his, you know, his brother, his son, everybody else. There are a million ways the Democrat apparatus can make things sweet and pleasant and, uh, lucrative for the Bidens if they were willing to play ball on Joe saying, Credible, completely credibly, right? He's not up for this. Kamala needs to step in. This was the plan all along. The reason that's not happening isn't because Joe Biden is such a, you know, a, a stalwart uh, patriot who wants to do its best for the country. Um, it's that the machinery around. Basically, what I'm saying is it wasn't Biden's decision. Really, the pressure would have been to push him aside if they thought Kamala could win. That that's my read on this, um, because they obviously want. Uh, you know, r- remember identity politics. We criticize it a lot for Democrats. It's hugely mobilizing. They love identity politics. Their side thinks that it's really important stuff. So if they could have pushed Kamala forward, they would. Here's
2: some. And look, I hate to think like this. Okay. But when you have a candidate who is 80 that's going to be 81 and would be 82 next year in November when the election happens. And when right now Donald Trump is clearly the leading contender. In uh, on the Republican side, and Trump will be 78, I believe, in 2024. So you're talking about a 78-year-old guy against an 82-year-old guy. Uh, Biden is in, uh, you know, barring some something, and this is what I'm kind of raising the question. How bad would Biden's health have to get, Buck, in order for Democrats to say Joe Biden is not the guy? And I want to ask you this in this context. John Fetterman couldn't speak. John Fetterman okay. was clear. Like, how wait, bad wait, let's, would, let's, let's, let's so be let's, precise. Yeah.
3: He couldn't speak normally. I mean, he could. Okay. He could. He right? was, I mean, cause no, cause we're getting to that level now. Yeah, like, like, like if Joe Biden was incapable of speech, which can happen, like say after a major stroke. Correct. Fetterman had a major stroke, but he still, you know what I mean? Like, how we bad have to get would Biden,
2: I guess my question is, so Fetterman right now is the Democrats have set a standard that you can be Try to think how to even phrase it. basically almost incapable of communication.
3: You can have major brain dysfunction.
2: Yes. what I would say they were potential and then Fetterman gets elected and he comes in and what happens? He immediately goes into the hospital for months. he can't do the job. Democrats have set such a low bar for what is required of a candidate's health. Now to be fair, you could at least argue, Fetterman, I think, is 53 years old, so Democrats could at least argue with Fetterman, hey, he's going to get better. I don't know that that's true, and certainly the evidence has not reflected that he looks much better. Biden's going to be 82. How bad health-wise does Biden's performance have to get, Buck, in your mind, for Democrats to say, we're calling in the relief pitcher? There's Because 18 months from now, he could be infinitely worse as we move into 2024
3: um they're going to have to avoid a couple of things i think for biden to continue in this role so this is why i said about the not speaking thing it's Fetterman sad that you speak. would even
2: have to say like right. Fetterman can't speak well you're actually saying something could happen to biden where he could not speak and democrats might try to hide it effectively almost. mute yes, yes that's
3: right that's so that's the biden because already now he has these moments where you know he kind of just turns yeah. into garbled nonsense if Biden reached a point where um, he he was in, truly incapable of speech, I think they would have to pull in the relief pitcher. Um, I And I think that if, um, uh, if he had a moment... Now, they're going to absolutely... They're going to replay as much as they can get away with the 2020 Biden from the basement thing. Clearly. It's going to be completely stage-managed. Yes. I don't believe he will debate, assuming it is Donald Trump who's the nominee, which I think is looking likely... Um, I don't think he will debate Donald Trump. I think he'll say, our, our democracy is too precious for me to platform. He might even use the term platform this threat to our the democracy. Hate, the
2: sexism, yeah. the racism um, that would be brought to bear by Trump.
3: And I think that they have a built in excuse for that one. So, um, the only other thing would be if he had a true, you know, you've seen, you know, it's, it's, it's very sad to watch, but sometimes people will have a, a real moment you know there's been video you'll see of somebody who's either having a stroke or a heart attack on tv like doing live news or something if he has a moment like that i do think it becomes too hard for them to continue to pretend that he could physically do this but i really set the bar at at that i mean they if it's biden in a wheelchair looking feeble and barely and like muttering but you know being able to speak it's biden until 2024 they'll push him through
2: The other thing I would say, let's pretend that Biden is Fetterman-like at some point in the campaign. For all of you out there who watched the Fetterman campaign, they dragged Fetterman across the finish line. In a state, it's worth mentioning, that is one of the five or six states that will decide who the president is again. And again, I I still look at that Fetterman campaign, and I come back to it, and I say it is probably – the most scared I've ever been Look, because if they will put that man in office, that's what I said with Biden. I think they that that they, I think the bar would be even lower for Democrats when it comes to Joe Biden's health than it was for, Federer's uh, so health. Here's here's they, a, he
3: could be worse. Here's a scary idea. I think that they will try to sell people at some level. I don't know how explicit they can be in this, but they'll try to sell them on. It doesn't really matter, guys. Biden is a brand more than he's a person. And the Biden brand as a presidency here means stability and normalcy. And this is how they will sell it. And right now, I will say the polling does indicate a very, look, we're not talking about a somebody had, you know, 51, 49. I mean, this is overwhelmingly shown in the polling. That independents, not people listening to you know, there are independents listening to the show, but not people who are generally conservative, not people who are generally Democrats. Independents, the primary—I'm sure you've seen this—the primary feeling they have with the notion of 2024 is exhaustion. Yeah, exhaustion. The independent voters that we need to win in the 2024 election, not just for the presidency or the Senate, you know, to keep control of the House—they are exhausted. By the notion of a Trump Biden showdown part two, and with that in mind, I do think that Biden as a brand, instead of I mean, it is amazing. You you saw we might have talked about it on the show before. The distinguished gentleman with Eddie Murphy. Oh yeah, we are at that phase of this. For those who haven't seen the the movie, it's not one of Eddie Murphy's best. It's watchable. It's okay, but it's not like a top five Eddie Murphy film. Um he runs as Jeff Johnson, yes, who was a Congressman who died uh in you know whatever I forget what part of the country he was even. In. was it Florida that actually was running and I forget, but anyway, Jeff Johnson and Eddie Murphy, his name was was I think Jeffrey Johnson, and he he said well I'm gonna run as Jeff Johnson, and the whole campaign was Jeff Johnson, the name you know, <laughs> yeah. and he wins, and it's supposed to be this setup up now the rest of the movie unfortunately kind of stinks, but that that concept was kind of funny. Um, I mean, remember, they, they did elect for, like, state Senate, I think it was. A dead man, a dead man in, Pennsylvania. in Pennsylvania. So when I say to you the Biden brand is what will be running this time around, that is really true. As long as they have someone who is a a beating heart and a pretty functional brain to be Joe Biden as president, they think that they can get this done. They think they can, Fetterman style, just pull it across. So I, I don't see any changes unless you have the tremendous you know outlier situation of uh something that we've just talked about here which would I mean that they can't, I mean they can't pretend like they can't remember the movie Dave now we're really going back in the 90s cinema they can't get away with a dave situation where they pretend Biden's fine when he's clearly not
2: although some of you out there would say
3: i think they could probably figure that
2: out too i mean that that is what they've made their they've made their choice and it felt like they held him and a really unfortunately buck i think the biggest legacy of 2022 is not Democrats being able to hold on a small minority in the Senate or Republicans having a small majority in the house I think it's that 2022 was not such a wipeout that
3: Joe Biden was the biggest winner of the midterms and that's why he's running I'm gonna I'm gonna make a a deep deep into the top of the upper deck uh, sw- uh swing here I make a call here um I think save it
2: save it Oh, Save it for okay. the next segment. Okay. That's I. I don't have any idea what he's going he doesn't to say. Know. I have no idea. I when I want to know what the answer is, that is what you call in the business, boys and girls, an incredible tease. Buck Sexton swinging for the upper deck next, but in the meantime, I got to tell you, if you own a small business, you may want to swing for the upper deck. Uh, and try to make sure that you can get hooked up with the employee retention credit. Here's the deal. If you employed five or more people throughout COVID, you may qualify for a sizable refund from the IRS, uh, and they will take care of you at GetRefunds.com. They're set up to check and see if you can qualify in less than 10 minutes. You will find out whether your business is eligible for a payroll tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee, kept on payroll during COVID. GetRefunds.com, they've already helped clients claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC, There's no upfront charges either. They don't pay get paid until your business gets its refund. Many businesses, in fact, believe they won't qualify based off incomplete or outdated info. So don't let this opportunity pass you by. It will only take you 10 minutes. And here's what you need to do. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. One truth revealed after another. Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D.
3: The Tunnel to Towers Foundation supports America's greatest heroes, our service members, and first responders who die or are severely injured in the line of duty, as well as homeless veterans. These are heroes we all owe a debt of gratitude to. The foundation's gold star, fallen first responders, smart home and homeless veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us. We're honoring the men and women who risk their lives and bodies for our country and our communities. The foundation's never forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America with over 80 runs, walks and climbs a year. Not to mention there are dozens of golf outings and barbecues. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute educates kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. org.
0: and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
2: Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single
1: line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. welcome
3: back, everybody. Um, 800-282-2882 the phone lines. Remember, please send us emails to clayandbuck.com. Go there, become a VIP subscriber, and you get access to the special bat phone. Well, I guess it's not a phone, it's email, but you get the idea. Email inbox uh, for all of us. The team reads it right away. They send them to us. Um And, you know, you never know what kind of impact you're going to have. Phyllis said, shave that beard, Buck. And I said, honey, to my wife, not to Phyllis, but Phyllis is great, too. I said, honey, should I shave the beard? And I did. So, you look
2: way younger. I can't get over how quickly you've just swept away so many ages, you millennials, and you're you know, taking your beards off. Just it. just walking
3: walking. I, I can't even. I don't even know what the cool kids are doing these days, so I can't even say that I'm doing it. But, you know. There's that Um, I we mentioned this uh, Vivek Ramaswamy uh, was on uh, Don with Don Lemon on CNN. And the story is and remember, anytime you're hearing the media explanation for why somebody was let go or why, you know, it's like everything. else. It's like reading one of these Bob Woodward books. We're like, wait. Who was part of reconstructing this conversation in the oval? Right. Perhaps people who were there who want history to reflect on them a certain way. The, and you know the people
2: who tend to look the best are probably the sources. Pretty yes. good sources. It's yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: usually who you can figure it out. So there's always um efforts to try to create narrative through the uh the supposed facts and stories like this. Anyway, here is how it went there. Just a reminder when Vivek and Don Lemon threw down, play it. You're making people think that the Civil War was fought for black people only for black people to get guns and for black people to have The Civil War was fought for rights. black
2: people in this country to get freedoms, a noble mission. And I think that even yes, after right. even but after we succeeded, to, to we had to actually secure those freedoms
0: it, to reduce it in a speech at the NRA, you're trying to say that black people to
3: get guns—that was the reason that you're there at the NRA. That was the reason for uh, for the Civil War. It I is think a that's fact.
0: Reductive? It's not. And reductive, I think it's Tom. insulting. There are a whole
3: plethora insult- of reasons that
2: for Look, the Civil with War. With due respect, including- I find I find your explanation reductive and actually insulting, including to black Americans, to say that black people today, compared to 1964, 1865, haven't made progress in part because of the freedoms we secured. So And then that went into, Buck, what I thought was probably the most insulting part of that entire conversation, which was Don Lemon saying, basically, I don't even know who you are, meaning what ethnicity you are.
3: I believe the quote was, whatever race you You are, is what he said. That's the
2: part I think that likely was the most grating for Don Lemon's bosses. Coming on the heels, as we played yesterday, of Don Lemon saying, Google it when he was talking about when a woman was in her prime. And evidently, a lot of women were refusing to do his show, uh, which has been out there. Even Kareem Jean-Pierre, who none of us are particularly fans of, uh, because she's maybe the worst White House press secretary who has ever existed. She evidently wow. was
3: refusing. KJP threw Don Lemon she's, under the, the bus? The reports
2: are that KJP, after that incident, because I think That's KJP... Crazy. Is also in her forties and therefore she might have been concerned. She was, Don Lemon thought she was past her prime as well. Uh, I just, um, (laughs) I mean, I, I, I don't know to be fair that KJP or Don Lemon ever had much of a prime in their media careers. There's lots of people at CNN, uh, who, uh, who did not have great, uh, primes either. But this Vivek Ramaswamy, by the way, has gotten up. I know we've been talking about Joe Biden announcing for his reelection. I've seen Ramaswamy up to like 3%, 4% in some of these polls that have, uh, that have been circulating. But given that Joe Biden announced today, 6 a.m. video goes out. We talked about it in the first hour. And we've, this is a conversation we're going to have a lot in the days and weeks and months ahead. How likely do you think it is? I'll tell you my answer. I'm curious what you would say that effectively we're going to have a rematch. Biden-Trump 2024 is a do-over of Biden-Trump 2020. I would right now, as we are sitting here talking to you, if you gave me the opportunity to take away health conditions, to be fair, in both directions, right, because Trump is going to be 78, Biden will be 82, bad things can happen to people who get to those ages. If you gave me away health conditions... I would say it's like seventy-five or eighty percent, in my opinion. That's going to be the matchup for twenty twenty-four. Even though we're looking eighteen months out, would you say more or less likely if we yeah. take health off the table?
3: I, I had said before on the show, um, and I know I said on the Patrick but David show, I thought it was two to one that Trump was the we nominee. Had to have a discussion about Clay yes. had to have it was really nice. Clay had to pull me aside. He's like, he's like, do you? Because I don't bet, I don't gamble, I don't know anything about this stuff. So I just learned this from hearing people say it. I thought that meant 2 to 1 likely for Trump. <laughs> Clay was very nice about it. He's like, "No, no, no. You're saying that it's 2 to 1 again." So what I was trying to say is I think it, you know, I would if somebody was willing to put up $100 against my $50, right? Isn't that how this would go? That I think you actually believe 1 to 2, not 2 yes, to 1. 2 I to one, 1, 2 to <laughs> 1 is just, the underdog.
2: Yes. 1 to 2 is the favorite. And so I think that by the way, there's a lot of people out there who don't gamble. That also sometimes get crossed over in the language, but you think you're basically in
3: roughly my kind of category where you're like, I, I think I it's think sep- it's likely but not definitive that Trump will be the nominee. Yes, yes, likely and then, but not, but not likely but not, you know, nowhere near. Like I wouldn't bet the house on it. No, but if not you certain. took
2: out health, because I think the only way Biden is not the nominee is if, and we talked about this a little bit, it would have to be a fairly significant public so, health collapse. He-
3: here's another part of this um that. You Know, we haven't really gotten into today, and we certainly will be talking about this a lot. Um, but you know, there's numerous criminal cases that they're bringing against Donald Trump. Um, the there's the E. Jean Carroll civil suit against yeah. Trump for sexual assault, like for I think it's like 40 years ago or something, right? I mean, it was really long, like, long time like in ago. the 80s, I think it was in the 80s even remember, or maybe but it the was 90s, decades ago. it was a long time ago. And there is this, uh, this opening in New York law that you can sue civilly for sexual abuse beyond. So the statute of limitations for one year in New York for civil cases, um, was completely wiped away. And the, and E. Jean Carroll is bringing the suit against Trump. I just bring this up because he's going to get a New York jury. This is a civil case. So it's preponderance, not, uh, beyond a reasonable doubt. And, you know, they're they're bringing that case against him with basically a rigged jury, as we all know, against Trump. Uh, that's civil, not criminal. But still, I mean, you know, he could be in a position where he's going to lose a... Now, people can say, oh, it, you know, we know that that's... And yeah, by the way, I do think that that one is just completely... Just like I think the, uh, you know, uh, payoff Stormy Daniels thing. I mean, this is crazy. They're just trying yes. to tear him down with whatever. But, but, it's about... Winning on the margins with those independents who we know we've seen are saying they're exhausted by this whole thing. And do they just say, ah, there's all these losses? We got to come to the independents when Trump is the nominee and say, hey guys, do you want that great economy back? Do you want a country that actually, you know, feels proud and is moving in the right direction and convince them that all this propaganda they're going to hear about, oh, it's going to be undermined institutions and, you know, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria is not going to be their reality. All of these lawsuits together just goes to the noise factor that they're trying to create against Trump.
2: Buck, I'll even give you a scarier question here to think about. What if you got a runaway jury in that civil case, and somebody on that jury was able to drive that jury, and they said, we want to try to bankrupt Donald Trump in this case? Now, on appeal, that would be changed. But what if somebody said, hey, we think that there was a sexual assault back in, you know, decades ago, and the damages should be a billion dollars, right? I mean, they tried to do this with Alex Jones, and I know we talked about this some, the Austin, Texas court case surrounding Alex Jones and the Sandy Hook shooting and everything else. I mean, the goal there was to bankrupt Alex Jones because of what he had said, right? The jury basically made that choice. Do you feel like even if it's only a civil suit, that in New York City, Donald Trump is getting
3: right. a jury of his peers? Of course. But the I mean, way, it's actually set to start, um, I believe it's set to start today. Correct. Um, That's uh, the report. Right. The report is it's starting today. I haven't seen, um, yeah, anyway. And so, And it was in the 1990s. So this is yet another, um, this is yet another time that they are going to go after Trump and use the, um, use the, Machinery that they have to. to they're hit just him. trying and, and
2: to look... layer one thing after another. Right. After I say another. It's, it's Gulliver and the Lilliputians. They're just yeah. going
3: to tie him down with a thousand little threads and and try to make sure that he's not you know not able to. And I'll say this, even if is the nominee, one of the lessons of the Russia collusion thing was they don't have to win; they just have to annoy you, right? They don't have to win; they just have to grind you down, and they're going to try to do that. Think about this: all this stuff. Trump's going to have to have meetings. He's going to have to have calls with lawyers. He's going to have to think about, you know, it's not possible for this not to be factoring into the workload psychologically that he's going to have as well as time-wise. So, folks, they're rigging the system right now is the point. They're, the system is being rigged against him as we speak, and they're using this time instead of whether it's social media or, you know, how they're doing ballot harvesting in different places and using COVID as the excuse Etc. cetera, they're doing elite um, lawfare. I mean, they're using lawfare against Donald Trump to rig the 2024 election, and it's already happening.
2: And as you said, the people that are most disgusted by this are many independent voters because they just throw up their hands and they're just like the constant Trump show weighs on their shoulders and makes them less likely to support Trump in an election Democrats look at the polling. They know what the data reflects. The more they can layer all of this circus on Donald Trump's shoulders, the more they weaken him by the time they get to the primary. And as we talked about in the first hour of the program, Buck, it can simultaneously be the case that the best thing for Trump to win the Republican nomination is all of this shenanigans that are being put on him by the Democrats. But the Democrats are doing this smartly because they, th- they want Trump in the ring against Biden. They want this rematch. And so it can benefit Trump in the context of the Republican race and crush him in the general national presidential race. And, by the way, I think that's exactly what's going on. Now, to be fair, they thought they were doing that in 2016 and they lost but they're trying to do a rematch at 2020 except with a much more weakened Trump.
3: I'm just going to say they they understood, they made changes between 2016 and 2020 that showed they learned from how Trump was able to beat Hillary in 2016 and they tried to neutralize some of those advantages, hiding Biden in the basement. Yeah, they used COVID as an excuse, but but keeping Biden away from the public and having only the most staged managed uh situations for him was effective for Biden. That was actually smart strategy. It, it, it feels gross. It feels dishonest, but it was effective for him. Not covering the Trump rallies on any of the non-Fox networks. They weren't running any Trump rallies. Yep. And now there weren't rallies in the traditional sense, but I, you know, even when they were doing virtual, they did some and when they did virtual rallies, um, and, and tried to do or, you know, virtual events, um, and and had Trump doing uh, speaking, they weren't covering him the way they did in 2016. He didn't get the free media boost. That's right. So you can you can assume all of that's going to happen this time. Now they're adding to all of that, all of the lawsuits. And I kind of say, I mean, they're they're going to bring this charge in Georgia, and the charges are not they're not rinky dink like the uh, you know Alvin Bragg. Alvin you know, nonsense, right? The, the, uh, he payoffs and the, he didn't list it. I mean, you can't even remember. It's so stupid. It makes no sense to anybody. Um, it's basically an, it's like an accounting error that nobody even cares about. Um, they're going to bring charges. And by the way, I think it's nonsense, but what I think doesn't matter because I'm not the prosecutor in Georgia who has this power and I'm not the jury that he's going to face in Georgia who has this power. They're going to bring charges, Clay, that go along the lines of conspiracy to commit election fraud and racketeering. And then what, we still may get Department of Justice charges, too. Yeah. So when you're talking racketeering, folks, you're talking about the possibility of prison time now. Now you're talking, which is a whole other thing. So we'll, we'll come back, but this is what we got to be ready for. we got to understand how crazy the other side is. While the Biden administration considers declaring a public health emergency on abortion to further their own agenda, we're taking a different approach on this important topic. We, we pay attention to each unborn child and each mother making sure they have enough support and information To make the right decision. That's why we've continued to partner with the Preborn Network of Clinics nationwide. They may be a new name to you, Preborn Clinics. They've been working every day for 17 plus years, welcoming pregnant mothers into their clinics and providing them with an ultrasound experience so they can meet their unborn child and learn all about the support and resources that they can get from Preborn. Preborn seeks these women out before they make the ultimate decision here and introduces them to the life growing inside them through that free ultrasound. Once she hears that heartbeat and sees that precious life, the majority of the time she will choose life. Freeborn clinics rely on donations from you and me, not any government funding. Twenty eight dollars, for example. That's the cost of each ultrasound. But what can you spare? Ten dollars, a thousand dollars? Just think about it. These are tax deductible donations, and every dollar goes towards saving tiny babies' lives. From your cell phone right now, dial pound two five zero and say baby. That's pound 250, say baby. Or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Sponsored by Preborn.
2: Speaking truth and having fun. Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton.
3: In
2: line
1: at the deli, I guess? Ah, uh-huh, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting.
3: Really? Yes.
0: Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: I never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You could get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge.